1: What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let's know what you think about the episode. If there's any questions you have for a guest or an entirely different topic guest that you'd like to have covered, we're always checking comments on YouTube. Love to hear from you guys and be able to take the things that you guys want to hear about and then be able to make them onto future episodes today i'm going to be joined by a gentleman named kevin and he's got an equipment repair business i was really excited to chat with him not just about his business but he's an IDI enthusiast and i've i've seen the comments on youtube Um, for a really long time you guys wanted to hear more about them so he's going to walk us through this truck how he did an engine swap transmission swap on it um, put a turbo kit on it why he likes it as a truck that's used every single day and it's going to be really cool to chat with him about that whole process Before we get to it though, I want to remind you, our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site-wide code for you. Use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save 20% off on some really cool gear. So if you need a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, something to use around the job site, throw in a glove box, they've definitely got you covered. They've had a bunch of new releases this year. One of the most recent is the Duralock models, which is, it's a really nice knife. I've got actually a couple of them uh, myself, and the opening mechanism is super smooth. Keep your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it. And they have a bunch of different choices for blade uh, shape, length. Um, they're all, all the blades are made out of D2 steel. Um, there's different handle material choices, designs. So definitely head on over, check them out if you're in the market. Use code 23Diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Kevin, chatting with him about his equipment business, how he got started, how he grew it, and then also about his passion for IDIs. Kevin, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today about... Uh, a lot of different things. One of them is going to be IDIs, which I've wanted to do an episode about them. Um, but then also, you know your story in business and working on uh, equipment and tons of different things in diesel. I know it's going to be a great chat. So I appreciate you reaching out to us and uh, look forward to hearing your story, learn more about what you do, and then picking your brain a little bit about IDIs.
0: What's going on, Patrick, in the Diesel Podcast? How you folks doing?
1: And it's going to be it's going to be a great time. I I uh, I wanted to start. I'm always really fascinated about the background or the interest in diesel. And I think um, for me just hearing so many different stories and, and, and ways that people have come to love just diesel engines, whether it's in a tractor or heavy equipment or a pickup truck, always really interests me. So where did your 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 passion you know, start for diesels and then how did it grow into a business?
0: Well, my interest was really, it started with my dad. My dad owns a tree business. He owns a pretty good sized business, cutting trees and doing all sorts of stuff. So spend my childhood at five years old sitting on the tailgate of my dad's pickup truck, watching him tinker around with chainsaws. And that's pretty much where the whole mechanic side started. And growing up as a kid, always been around him, you know, watching him work on, he had seven threes, power strokes. I was with him when he bought his first seven, three brand new, actually as a kid, he has a Peterbilt log truck, just always around machinery and diesel. So that's kind of where it all started cause I always would hear him, Oh my God, this shop costs, you know, charge me this much money to, you know, put a turbo on a truck. And I was like, well, I want to start learning this stuff. And then I went to tech school at young age and started with lawnmowers. I worked for John Deere, worked for a rental company. And then finally my dad said, growing up as a kid, you know, he's been in business for almost four years. You don't make your real money until you go on your own. So then in, I think it was 2017, I started my own business, started working on pretty much strictly tree equipment is what, cause he had a bunch of tree buddies. Hey, my son's fixing equipment. Now call him. He'll help you out. And I had this old truck behind me and it was just had a pickup body on it. And I paid a thousand dollars for this truck and it's made me money hand over fist. And it's been a very good, reliable truck for me. Probably one of the best trucks I've owned. And it's a six, not it was originally a six nine IDI, it's a 1986 and it had a C6 in it. But we can get talking about that here in a little while.
1: Oh, I got a bunch of questions about the about that <laughs> truck and the conversion and everything um, that you did. Now, when you first started out and you had you know some other companies around you that um, they had trucks that needed to be worked on, how did you... Well, cause I'm thinking about this question because I get a lot of them from younger people who are very mechanical they love working on things they love diesel and they think about going out on their own one day they're maybe not quite ready yet but one of the questions asked me is well how do i grow it or how do i find the you know the work and so i wanted to ask you about like your area the the businesses that are around you the economy around you how how did that help you grow when you were just starting out on your own making a name for yourself and getting a pipeline of work
0: well, where I'm at, I'm close to Philadelphia. I'm about an hour from Philly in Pennsylvania. And in my area, there's a lot of tree guys, landscapers, you know, roofing guys, just general contractors. There's just, you know, there's work everywhere. And actually it was word of mouth with my dad, you know, him knowing a bunch of tree guys, hey, my son's looking for, you know, work, you know, he's really good with tree equipment, and trucks, and that was the first start. Then the second thing was my other uncle. He's really good with like GoDaddy making websites. So he made me a website. And I'll tell you what, ever since that website, it just blossomed. I mean, just now I got four, it's three guys that work for me. I mean, I got nine trucks now. I got five service trucks. I got tow trucks. I got all sorts of equipment. And we cover, I mean, I cover almost a three to four hour radius of where my shop is. I mean, wow. we cover cover some ground. I'm a mobile mechanic, but I got a shop and we work on anything from a pickup truck to a van, all the way up to trucks, you know, class eight trucks and trailers and excavators and all sorts of diesel equipment, we'll say.
1: What What's really interesting about that is I think way back, um, you know, in my life to how you would find people either people in the trades or, you know, somebody to work on something. It was very much word of mouth. And then of course, over time with the internet and we all have smartphones in our pockets that can do anything. We look for that website, you know, we Google, whatever it is we're looking for a zip code, a city and find it. How, how with the website that you had built, how did it take it to the next level? Was it more people? I'm sure more people being able to find you, but maybe, um, people looking for your specific services, you are now able to find an hour and a half away, 10 minutes away. Just be able to find more of the people that would need the services you provide.
0: The big key was having somebody that was familiar with how websites work. And that was what my uncle did. I mean, he made me a website on GoDaddy and I'm actually in the process, thanks to your podcast, Dieselmatic is actually redoing my website as we speak. And okay, then you have cool. Dieselmatic on the podcast. I use Fullbay. I've been using them now for three years. Some guys might know this. Some guys might not. Full Bay is an app. Well, it's not really an app. It's a website that you can do all your logging and paperwork and all that stuff on. And they offer credit card and they offered the website years ago. So they took it over about three years ago. And just the way Google works is you got to put keywords in like you got it takes a lot. I mean, it took a lot of years I mean, for example, I do work for a big tree company and they found me through Google. They were close to my location and one job that was a $1,500 job that I did for them about three and a half years ago. Now they're my top customer and I'm probably billing them guys almost up to $30,000 a week. And they give me work year round. And it was just one Job through Google that got me that kind of link, and that's sometimes that's what it takes for a small business.
1: That, that's I mean, some, that's really good advice because I've had that question. People have asked me, um, you know, how do I how do I find or build that kind of relationship with places? And it I'm glad you brought that up because you think of a $1,500 job is one job three and a half years ago, but they were able to connect with you, and then from there you could build the relationship and be able to grow it into something.
0: Yeah, now I got almost 200 pieces of equipment for this company, all the way across. You know, like I said, two to three hours away from my shop that I'm working for. That, I mean, and they give me work. I mean, it's all year round. And I mean, the big key is now that I see with Dieselmatic, just working with them guys, and I preach it to somebody: go with somebody like Dieselmatic. Yes, it's going to cost you money, but you got to spend money to make money. That's another line my dad always would say. And like I said, that one fifteen $1,500 job got me all this work and I'm set now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of different uh, content creators that I follow or, you know, people that I look to learn from in other types of industries. They say that it's, you never know what that one relationship or that one return call or that, that one, you know, seemingly small job that you take um what it can blossom into and I think that's really key for younger people to think about as as they get into it I wanted to ask you a question kind of larger about doing um, repairs maintenance you know things like that on a ton of different types of applications how has it changed from when you started seven years ago to now because we on the podcast talk a lot about pickup trucks so I'm talking about you know, a ninety four twelve valve or an 0173. Then we're also talking about a 2023 Power Stroke or Duramax or Cummins, and they're vastly different with the electronics, the diagnostics, everything that goes into them. What's it like on the equipment side?
0: Uh, It's pretty much the same thing as it plays on the pickup side. You need scanners for some of these pieces of equipment. I mean, the key is just if you have a good mechanical mindset and can figure things out, which some people do, some people don't, That helps a lot, too. I mean, I've worked on stuff, you know, all the way from, like, you know, 1960s farm tractors all the way up to brand new, you know, wood chippers that are 2023. I mean, it's just, the key is to know people that could potentially help you out if you get in a bind, which I know a lot of people in my area. And, obviously, one of them, like I said, was Tommy Hassler. He's helped me out a lot over the years on pickup truck stuff. But, I mean, I know a bunch of dealers. I mean, it's just, it takes a good It took me a while, I guess, for say, to build up a friendship with a lot of different people that could help me out if I got in a pinch, for say. And like you said, with the emissions, all these newer trucks are having emissions. It's the same in the equipment side. I mean, I got brand new wood chippers that got catalytic converters on them, and they never had them. They were gas. You know, some of these are gas. Some of these are diesel. Now these diesel chippers are having you know, DPF and SCR systems. And it's just a lot to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I the network in, in building um, not only the business, but then also the future for what you envision for it. The network networking is incredibly yeah. important, like you mentioned. And I know that can be, that can be tough to, to build, um, you know, with trust or just finding people or, You know, one of the things is like personality, like myself, like I do the podcast, but I'm not naturally extroverted, like I'm more of an introverted person. So it can be hard to just (laughs) strike up that conversation or, you know, make that call or or do those sorts of things. And like for yourself, was that a struggle like or was it really easy for you to do it?
0: It was a struggle at first. I mean, like starting off the business, I mean, everybody has, as a small business owner, they're going to say it's a struggle just all across the board with everything between trying to run the business, trying to find good help, trying to find good networking for places to buy parts. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was a struggle, but I pushed through it. My parents were a big help. Friends were a big help. And where I'm at today, I never thought I would be this big and phone calling as much and, the shop that I'm at. I never thought I would have that. I thought it would just be me and this old pickup truck just driving around fixing equipment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's that's what um I think that's what inspires people to want to do this. And, and just chatting with a lot of different people in the aftermarket. There's a tremendous need for skilled labor, for for the skills like that you have that a, a lot of people in your industry have and younger people they're interested in it the same way they're sitting on the tailgate of a pickup truck we're watching our dads or uncles do something or our older brother and we have this interest in it and we think can we make that a career like can i work in something that i absolutely love versus sitting in a cubicle or something like that and just punching the you know clocking in clocking out like we don't want to do that so i always love to talk about this side of it because i know there's a lot of listeners a lot of Um, people out there that want to do this for a living and so it's really helpful to be able to chat with somebody like yourself here how you build it how you networked and how you put it all together
0: yeah i mean the big key i tell everybody is treat people fair like my dad always says don't make you know don't overcharge you treat people fair you'll have work the rest of your life and he's right i mean i'm set i'm 31 years old and i got more work than i know what to do with and it's year round it's like this yeah and i keep me and my three guys busy all the time we always got work i mean my parking lot's constantly full at my shop and i got road calls everywhere
1: that's uh th- that's a really good really good you know point as well and i think there's so much need for it out there um in so many different parts of the country so um i'm excited to uh you know see what the future holds and and, and how you're growing this and um you know the the of the truck behind you i wanted to chat with you about it because i i don't know a ton about them. I've had a couple friends that have had them and and times on the podcast, I think you'd mentioned, yeah, I've heard you say, if we got to do an IDI episode sometime is like, walk me through it. Walk me through that truck, why you picked it, what it is about that truck that you love. Like, I, I, I want to understand it. I want to see, you know, why you picked it. And then we'll start to go through how you upgraded it and the things that you did. Cause I know a lot of people are going to be interested in it.
0: So it's originally a 1986 F-250 Ford. It had a 6.9 with a C-6 automatic. It was an old, ugly work truck. Believe it or not, I traded a Bronco I had for this thing in 2000. I think it was in 14, 15. I forget exactly what year. And back then I was actually working for John Deere and we used to do, I would fix mowers up on the side. I would scrap and I wanted this to, I had the Bronco and I wanted another pickup at the time. I had a power stroke too. And I just wanted another this old beater pickup truck. And the truck was actually supposed to be just like, ah, just keep it for a year or two and then I'll push it down the line. And I just always had a thing for old Fords. I don't know what it was. Just, they always, I liked the look of them. I had a bunch of them over the years, So as the time progressed, I put a lift gate on it and we're scrapping all the time. It was just a pickup. Then I decided to go on my own and I put side boxes on the pickup bed, had a job box in the back. And I said, okay, first year of business, I need to put an actual utility bed on this truck. And being a small business owner, just starting off, didn't have a lot of money. I was like, I can't afford, had this truck. I said, let's put her to work. I said, it's been a really reliable truck. Didn't really owe me anything. And I'll tell you what, I've had this truck, I think it's going on 10 years and it's only let me sit once. And that was two years ago over a power steering line. I couldn't get a line and I had to get it towed. I was always able to make it home, you know, with no brakes. I was using the electric trailer brakes, you know, it's, (laughs) this truck has been all over with me. It's been a great truck. I always tell everybody with the eyes or like a 12 valve is you need one wire to run it, one 12 volt power wire, and you can fix it with duct tape and a screwdriver. If you're alongside of the road and get you home. And it's the way it's been. Then probably about six years ago, when I started the business, we restored it we put a service bed on it. It was kind of a little of a crappy bed. Rant made do with it. Then this past winter, we redid the entire truck. Well, to rewind a little bit, the engine blew up about four years ago, three years ago, and I'm a Jasper distributor, so I ordered a brand-new Reman engine. It was a 7.394 Turbo IDI. So it's got a Garrett Turbo, which Ford offered in 1994, on it. We got a bigger pump that I got for R&D and, and uh, bigger pump and bigger injectors on it. And then quite a few years ago, I was having problems with the C6, so we converted it to five-speed manual. We actually put a ZF5 in it, and originally in 86, a lot of old Ford people tell you that would have had a Warner four-speed in it, so we put a ZF5 in it. And this past year, we actually redid, we are having problems with the brakes and the rear axle, put a Super Duty rear axle in the back of it. Out of a 1994 uh, F Super Duty, which was a 450 back then, we put... The, it's pretty much a four-wheel drive transfer case Or four-wheel drive transmission We put the four-wheel drive transmission in, And it's got the heavy-duty parking brake That's on the back of the trans Which a lot of industrial guys And guys that are familiar with those F-Super duties Will know exactly what I'm talking about So it's pretty much, driveline-wise It's all beefed up to a 350 and stuff And a 450 And the truck goes down the road almost every day And it makes me money And I mean, can't complain
1: so how difficult was the ZF5 conversion? I've had some people ask me that over the years, and I, I haven't had an, any idea how hard it would be to do on, on an IDI. So you're the perfect uh, perfect person to ask about it.
0: Well, in this truck, being that it's an older diesel, obviously you don't have no electronics to worry about. There's nothing, you know? So the hardest thing out of the whole swap was actually getting the drive shaft because i had to go to a custom drive shaft shop and get a drive shaft made i mean went to the junkyard found a steering column out of an 84 which is a bullnose ford which is like what this truck is and put the clutch pedal in and the steering column in, like it almost looks factory besides the fact that it's a five speed not a four speed originally Very i cool. mean we've done me and my guys i got a guy that works for me who's he's a diesel nut but he's more of like an automotive guy like he likes to pick up trucks and likes working on cars and stuff like that where the rest of us we work on the heavy duty stuff and he's done quite a few swaps for a couple customers of mine we've done a couple idis i think we did a power stroke i mean we've done a lot of manual for you know automatic versus from going from automatic to manual swaps
1: i think that's one of the main One of the main things that really draws us to older trucks is the simplicity and I think more freedom that we can have with them, whether they're 4GM, RAM, there's just so much that we can do to be able to do those upgrades. Like you think of that truck, you've made it exactly what you wanted with the suspension upgrades, the transmission, the engine, the turbo, you know, everything like that. It's it's a big reason why they're so popular now.
0: So, oh, yeah, I mean, I got a customer of mine that's not too far from my shop. we had him for quite a few years, and he's got three IDIs, and he loves them just because of the sole fact that they're simple. There's nothing to them. They break down. You can, like I said, fix them with duct tape and a screwdriver almost. <laughs> just kind of like a 12-valve Cummins. You know, they're, they're simple.
1: Yeah. How hard is... How hard is finding parts for them? Like maybe not necessarily upgrades, but like for maintenance or just routine things that are just going to happen with time or mileage. Is is it hard?
0: There's some stuff that's hard. There's a guy actually called it's called RD IDI Performance. He actually makes performance parts for these things. He makes big injectors, turbo kits, all sorts of bizarre stuff. If you ever get time, look at his website. His name's Justin Anderson. He's on Facebook and he builds some wild stuff for these idis that's all he specializes in the ford idis i think he had one and he made like 500 horse out of an idi which is incredible out of an engine and only made 100 and i think 45 horse stock
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's 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 pretty big jump
0: <laughs> yeah it's pretty big jump is right i mean i get a lot of parts from actually ford's local ford dealer from Mayday they still offer a like the selector valve way to put a selector valve on another customer's truck. I mean, there's some stuff that's obviously obsolete. Um, Ray, there's Ray Buck that I get some body parts from there's Jeff Bronco graveyard who has a lot of stuff for these old Fords. Uh, believe it or not, LMC truck was a big, big help with when we restored this truck and actually rock auto had a lot of like rock auto. You can get the bezels and you can get a lot of stuff, from those websites. I mean, obviously it's aftermarket parts and we all know the quality of aftermarket parts, you know, you got to make it fit, but it's not like you can call Ford and get every part for this truck that's going on, you know, 30, 35 plus years old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're starting to see it on, uh, on newer vehicles. I had a couple emails this week with trucks or vehicles that are maybe 10, 15 years old. They can't get these OEM parts anymore from You know ram or ford or gm whichever vehicle they had and so they're they're looking for and that's why i was really curious about stepping even farther back you know what uh what kind of options were there because i think someone that's interested in an older diesel truck and say they they say i want a a 7.3 idi i know one they want a turbo kit on it and then two it's like okay now how can i kind of make it my own or restore it or do you know get some of these other things um, maybe with the interior, the body, and, and the exterior to be able to put it all together.
0: I mean, the key is, like I said, with this truck, I would just spend hours on the computer. Okay, I want to buy a bigger injection pump, and that's how I stumbled across this r and IDI. This is years ago, mm-hmm. even before, like, he, you know, we had all these Facebook pages. I mean, there, you can go on Facebook and there's probably 10 pages for IDIs. I mean, you can buy all sorts of parts for these things. I mean, there's still quite a few junkyards, at least here in Pennsylvania, that have a lot of these trucks still in the junkyard. I mean, the key is, like I tell everybody, yes, parts might be hard to find, but you just got to keep looking on the interweb and keep calling people and just... That's how I found all the stuff for this day. I mean, I got quite a few guys in my area that have like junkyards for super duties or junkyards for IDIs and call them all the time. Hey, I need this for a seven, three power stroke. And there's a big parts warehouse It's called college truck parts. And I know Tommy Hassel buys a lot of parts from them. They're about an hour and a half from me. And they got like a 10 acre lot that is just strictly pickup trucks they deal with. And they got a lot of stuff too from all sorts of even Jeep, pickup trucks they got stuff like some old school stuff up there
1: i think um you know, when you look at the price of newer vehicles and the complexity of them and you think about something you need it to run all the time you need it to start whether it's winter summer you got a big radius that you're covering covering like reliability is the most important thing because i'm sure you know you have it down to a science if that thing's down how much is it costing you know the company yep. and, and yourself and so I think going that extra mile, doing that extra research, spending more time to find these things can really benefit, you know, someone, especially when you think of the purchase price and, and the money you invested, you're still way ahead of going to a Ford dealer and buying a 2023 F-350 oh. or F-450 or something like that.
0: Patrick I'm 31 like I just told you before we started a podcast I bought a Freightliner box truck this week it was a six seven Cummins and I paid $10,000 that's the most money I ever spent buying a vehicle $10,000 never had a vehicle loan and I'm 31 I'm a sole believer the old stuff is where it's at you know just because of I work on new trucks all the time with emissions. And like I said, I just bought this 2013 and it's got emissions on it. My buddies are like, Oh my God, your first truck with emissions on it. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to do because I'm always cutting the exhaust off these seven threes and straight piping them and rolling smoke. And I know Lenny won't won't approve of me rolling smoke, but this old IDI, it's she does it, you know, and it's not even tuned up that much. It's just the nature of the IDI, yeah. I, I tell people.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's how the, you know, the, the older ones, they were, they were so, you know, simple. Like, I know one of the things, is some friends of mine that always look for the early 03, 59 common rail, because it didn't have catalytic converter on it, but you get that 04.5 model, it does, so they would look towards that, or, and we go even yeah. farther back, they were just, they were just so much so much simpler and i think that's a really kind of key part not just in the enthusiast side and and you love the truck but then also with your business as well because you're telling us that that's what you use you know every day to do your job and so i think a lot of times there can be maybe pressure or we think it's how it goes but we start a business and we need to go buy the latest truck we need leather interior we need to go spend a hundred thousand plus on this thing Um, But there can be ways to be incredibly productive, have a reliable vehicle, invest some time, learn some things, and make money with it and not have such a huge payment or or spend that much money.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll kind of give it a rundown. I got this truck. The other truck, ideally, that is a service truck is a 94F Super Duty, which is a 450 with a 7.3 power stroke and a five-speed manual on it. And we got that truck turned up. The truck's 18,000 pounds, and it makes almost 35 pounds of boost out of it. And same thing, it's got 400,000 miles almost on it, and it goes down the road every day to make money. I got a Gas Express Chevy box truck. I mean, I got seven, got a couple other 7.3s. I got a tow truck, an OBS Ford tow truck that's a F F452 as well that my guys just – we did a bunch of performance parts, and that thing makes 35 pounds of boost, and it's a rollback, and it's a tow truck. I mean, (laughs) just – I can't leave nothing alone. I like the old seven threes. I got a six oh power stroke too. That was my first one I bought last year that we did some work to it. I mean, it's for the most part it's stock just because it's got two hundred and twenty thousand miles on it. And I know if I start throwing horsepower out of six oh power stroke, it's gonna do six oh power stroke things, and I don't <laughs> I don't wanna spend the money on it right now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean it's a good truck.
1: Yeah. If, if somebody was looking to get an older Ford and they could find, you know, say a 7.3 turbo IDI or one of the 7.3 Power Strokes. I guess we could do include even the OBSs in there, but you know, say like 99 to 03. What would you tell them, not just as an enthusiast, but then also as somebody who works on, you know, equipment and engines for a living, which one may be best or thing, maybe not best, but what things should they consider like, um with upgrades or the availability of parts to decide between do I do an IDI or do I get a 73 power stroke
0: I mean obviously the 73 power stroke I'm sure as you know there's more vast variety of injectors and turbos and intercoolers and all sorts of crazy parts you can get for them I mean my 173 I have is a 2000 and it's a crew cab it's got a flatbed on it it's a dual F350 and it's got 400,000 miles to on that truck. And thanks to Tommy Hassler, it's got stage two injectors, a, th- a 66 millimeter turbo that to Tommy built me some crazy tunes that Tommy put on it. And I mean, it makes the hottest tune I think that I saw out of that truck when I was really whooping on it, I saw almost 45 pounds of boost out of that truck. And I mean, I think the super duty seven three is just because it's full disc brakes there's us, obviously, if you get one that's manual, it's a six speed or the 4R100 or 4R110 is obviously with the automatics for OK stock, but they have issues, as we all know. I think the 7.3 Super Duties, the, you know, the 99 from 2003, are probably the best bang for your buck if you were to buy a 7.3 Power show. Obviously, I love the OBSs too, but you're restricted because they're non-intercooled turbo. I mean... They were a smaller turbo. There were smaller injectors. Just There's certain things about an OBS that you can't do to an OBS that you could do to a Super Duty 7.3 in 99 to 2003.
1: Do you think it would be, say, if somebody thought, hey, I want to do some upgrades in the future, that the 7.3 Super Duty would give them more ability to do that? But if someone's looking for something to make a little bit more power, but it's really about reliability, ease of working on it, um you know something that is i'd say is simpler um is that where the idea would really shine especially factoring in cost like when i think of older trucks you know to me i kind of think back to late 90s early 2000s and it seems like the price of them have just gone way up whenever i see them for any of the big three um and i think you could get into something that still makes you know good torque something that's still reliable something you can still use you know to haul things um, put a ton of miles on work it hard save a little bit of money and go a little bit older
0: i mean the idis like i tell everybody they're like co- comparable to like a 12 valve cummins or a 6.5 you go to napa and like buy almost every mechanical engine part for this truck and probably not spend more than a thousand dollars just because They're cheap. They're all mechanical diesel. You open the hood on this thing, you can almost sit on the rad support and access the entire engine versus a power stroke at some of the newer vehicles. I tell people if you're a young kid, you're starting off, you want a diesel truck, go buy an IDI because no matter what, As long as you got 12 volts power to that injection pump and good go plugs, she's going to start, you know, (laughs) that's just my interest. If you don't have a lot of money. I mean, my first diesel was actually a 2007 three power stroke. My dad helped me buy it. But then, like I said, I know a bunch of guys and a bunch of kids starting off. They were going and buying these old IDIs as their first diesel truck. And don't get me wrong. You're not going to win no speed. (laughs) You're not going to be speeding in an IDI, but she's going to pull, You know, I pulled a Farm All-H with this thing when it was automatic and naturally aspirated on a car trailer. And a Farm All-H is a pretty good-sized farm tractor. It's an old international tractor from way back in the day. And she did it. It was slow. I mean, we were pulling hills at, like, 20 miles an hour, but kept chugging along just like an old 12 valve. That's all it does. (laughs) I was
1: really curious about something. I rode in one. IDI it had things done to it with the injection pump and injectors and turbo but I was always really curious what does it feel like driving one that wasn't turboed versus the ones that were turboed have you been in both of them like what's what's the driving experience like between the two
0: yeah I mean like I said this thing was naturally aspirated I mean I drove it when it was automatic I drove it when it was five speed manual and the C6 was a good transmission, but they were non-overdrive transmissions, so when it was automatic, it was horrible. I mean, it it was driving pretty much a gas truck, and I mean, it had torque. I mean, it still pulled. I used to pull car trailer with it, and I used to scrap cars with the thing. I mean, it did it, but it was slow, and putting the manual in it, it gave you a little more extra oomph. It did help. And then now, what I tell people is, with the weight, the truck's fully loaded, it's got air compressors, and it's got all sorts of tools in it, it's probably comparable to, I would say, a stock OBS 7.3. Not no slouch, but it it does the job. I mean, it's been a really, like I said, an all-around, just the IDI market, you know. They got the pros and cons like everything else, I guess you yeah. want to say. you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, I've always heard guys when they've talked about IDIs is they've always wanted the turbo one. And I was always really curious, like, what is the driving feel different? Because I, I didn't ride in one or was never around one um, when it didn't have a turbo. And I think that's just from the questions I've heard. They they want those either to find the old kits or to, you know, do a custom one or they definitely want to turbo them. Um, and I think that's really it's one of the really cool things about diesel and especially the older ones, regardless of brand is to me, it feels like the older trucks, they don't have a shelf life per se. Like when we think of, you know, what did a early nineties, mid nineties gas truck, how much horsepower did it make? What kind of torque did it make? And then you compare it to what they do now, it's so vastly different. You can see the technology, how it's changing with diesel. Yeah, the technology's changed and the quality of the parts and the precision of them, but you can take these things made in 2023 and breathe new life into something that's older you can make good power numbers you can make good torque numbers across a wide range of engines and, and you know different different trucks and platforms that are out there and i think that's the part i love about diesel the most is i don't feel like i don't feel like they run out of potential yeah you know, it there's... seems
0: like the market the market's always changing there's always improvements i mean you know as much as i do everything's always how can we make the most power? And then another year from now, hey, we got another injector that's going to increase the horsepower, you know, 50% or something crazy like that.
1: Yeah. 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 Keeps some, I don't know. It just, uh, it makes it so cool to talk about the old ones. I love talking about first gens. I love talking about the old Fords. I've talked a little bit about the 6265s, uh, but I'm always really interested in just what they can do, even though they're 30 plus years old. There's so much that can be done with them, um, oh for sure with now with the truck behind you, is there anything else you plan on changing with it, or is it exactly how you want it, and this you're gonna keep it that way,
0: like I said, this past winter we did a it was truck was off the road from the beginning of January till about June. I mean, we just got it, got it on the road a couple couple weeks ago. I mean, the bed that was on it was like I said, it was an old service bed that I bought cheap. And it just the rust kept coming back. I found this bed that came from down south. We put the bed on. I actually bought a brand new lift gate. There's a brand new lift gate on the back of the truck. I wanted to always do the disc conversion because I had so many issues with the drum brakes in this truck. I it was just because of the weight, I'm pretty sure, what I'm hauling with this truck. And then putting the heavier transmission in it with the better parking brake, this is exactly what I had envisioned for like the past four years of this truck. That I wanted it to be at, and I don't want to change anything else on it now. Like, I'm just, <laughs> I actually personally don't drive the truck anymore, I drive the 450. My first employee who works for me is going on three years. He drives a truck every day. He takes it home. That's one thing with my guys. They got a service truck. They drive them back and forth to work. They take them home every day. I told him the other last night, I'm like, you need to leave the truck here because I gotta clean it. <laughs> it's gotta be on the podcast. It's gonna be famous, is what it's gonna be.
1: <laughs> well, I know a lot of people are gonna be interested that uh are looking for IDIs and it was really cool to be able to chat with you, you know, about them. It's it's um I know there's a lot of people that own them that are really passionate about it and they're, they they want information or they i don't even know the right words for it i think before the podcast you know i had mentioned that i talked to different enthusiasts and companies all the time and it's really close which which group is the most enthusiastic between ford gm and ram and i think i might give the slight edge to the ford guys because whether it's a brick nose, an IDI, a OBS, a 7.3, 6.0, even 6.4, 6.7s. It's like, they're so passionate about their trucks. I've always wanted to just be able to have a guest on that, you know, really love their IDI that went through the process of upgrading it and really love the truck. Like I didn't want to just do an episode that's really technical or, you know, about this part, that part, like, I think that the core of it is just, they're passionate about that platform, and they they want to talk about it. They want to learn about it. They want to tell other people about it as well that's... and say, hey, you don't have to go get this 12-valve. You don't have to go get this you know, this other vehicle. Like, you can do this. There's a lot of upgrades for it. Look what I did with it. And that's what was so cool about hearing your story with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I listened to your podcast you had with Tommy, and he even said that he was getting a bunch of people that were still bringing him IDIs. I mean, there's still, at least in my area and Tommy's area, there's you drive down the road you see so many old obs ford you see so many idis you still see so many power strokes like seven threes like they made thousands of them and they're out there you just got to find one that's not all rotted out believe me i've had my fair share of rotted out parts trucks that we scab parts off of but it was to keep this one alive yeah that's what it was
1: well ford cranked out i mean they've been cranking out trucks for decades now. There's so many of them that are out there. You know, you just got to find it. You just got to find the either the donor, you know, truck or the part or what it might be, but they made so many of them. It's just taking the time.
0: Yeah, we call this one Franken truck because there's just so many different year truck parts that are all over this whole truck, but it it's built how I wanted. It. it like I said, it goes down the road, it's reliable. And this the key is with the IDIs that I always tell everybody, got to have good glow plugs and do the oil and run good oil on them all the time. This truck runs, as long as I've owned this truck, and I'm a big Shell Rotella guy. I know you had a couple Shell Shell people on. Everything across the board that I use oil-wise is Shell. And that's the key with them.
1: Yeah, the maintenance side, a lot of – the companies and shops we chat with, regardless of how old it is or new it is or what brand it is, it's maintenance, maintenance, yeah. and more maintenance. <laughs>
0: uh, absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's gas or diesel. I always tell people the key is maintenance with anything, with anything, if, if it's a truck or a piece of equipment. That's the big key.
1: Yeah,
0: That's what you keep the stuff alive.
1: Well, it was uh, it was a really cool chat with you. Now, I know there might be someone that has questions about the truck behind you, things that you did. Um, or maybe we touched on some business stuff and they're really interested or, um, you know, might have some specific questions for you. How can they find your website? How can they find you on Instagram? Reach out to you and and ask questions.
0: I'm pretty much on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and I will give out my websites. So the website is demarcoequipmentrepair.com tiktok is kevdemarco73 instagram is demarco underscore equipment underscore repair and facebook is just kevin demarco and i'm always on anybody can message me if they got any forward questions or even some comments because i do get into some of the comment stuff as well not quite not familiar with some of these other guys but i do get into them a good bit and i know enough about them we'll say
1: well it was uh it's really cool to chat with you appreciate you reaching out and listening to the podcast um you know we appreciate that and and uh you know any suggestions that you might have for a future episode you know let us know send us a message but i appreciate you sharing your story about business about the truck Absolutely. talking with us uh, you know about a passion. so i had a great time chatting with you
0: thanks patrick
1: don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you're on the market for a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, around the job site, throwing a glove box, they've definitely got you covered. They've had a ton of new releases in 2023, and in January we had done an episode with them and they previewed some of them. But one of their latest releases are the um, the Durlock models, which... The opening mechanism on them is is really smooth, positive, keeps your fingers away from the blade when you open and close it, and they have a ton of different choices for blade shape, length, um, different handle designs. So if you're in the market, definitely check them out. The blade's made out of D2 steel, so it's going to be something that serves you for a long time also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, John, J. Cole, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who follow us on social media, subscribe to us on YouTube podcast apps. We appreciate all your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you guys want to
0: hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.